0: The reading is from Ephesians 3 and can be found on page 1,109 of your Bibles. Page 1,109. It's from chapter 3 and it starts at verse 10, which is hidden halfway down the passage of chapter 3. His intent And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, for ever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Great Joe, so thank you for reading. That's a passage for us just then. I'd love for you to have that open, page 1109, as I'm going to refer to it, and one or two other bits from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. Uh, but as we do, let's just uh, bow our heads for a word of prayer. Just ask God to speak to us this morning by his spirit, through his word. Lord, that's our prayer, <laughs> that you speak. We want, we're listening. We pray that your spirit would help us to listen to you, that your spirit would open the eyes of our hearts, as Paul prays, that we might know the riches of the glorious inheritance, that we might know the hope to which you've called us, we might see a picture of what you're doing in our lives and in this church and in this nation and in your world broaden our horizons, clarify our vision, help us to see and to live in what we see for your glory. Amen. Amen. I hope you'll uh, have seen from the term card, and if you haven't picked up a term card, it's kind of pale blue, uh, oblong sheet on the table at the back. And you'll see that our sort of teaching series for this term is is entitled... Uh, revising for GCSEs, don't panic, uh, unless you're called Beck Stilwell, in which case you're probably panicking right now, but, uh, and anyone else doing GCSEs. But uh, GCSE stands for God Cash Service Evangelism, and it is just to, it's really kind of a housekeeping exercise, this term, as we think about God, our vision as a church, and I want to look at that today and next week. Uh, then I want to look at all the things that God has called us to steward. They belong to him, but he's asked us to kind of steward them our financial resources, as well as our gifts and abilities, uh, the way in which we serve one another, that's cash and service, and then evangelism as we head on into the summer, uh, and the sun shines, and all sorts of opportunity to meet people at parties, and out on the green, and uh, on holiday, and all that kind of thing, and with the next Alpha course in mind in the autumn, uh, just to brush up on our ability to communicate the gospel, what is the good news? What is it that God has done? Could you describe that in a sentence, what God has done? And could you describe in another sentence how we are called to respond to that? It's quite challenging, actually, if you think about it. It's not always that easy. And so I want to take opportunity for us to rehearse what it is that we believe and how we might communicate that to other people. So GCSEs for this term. And I want this morning to think about God and God's big vision for heaven and earth the picture that God is uh, working towards. But let me start by asking you this. Supposing I was to gather you all around a huge table and bring a bag, a big bag, and pour the contents of the bag out onto the table. And the contents spill out over the whole table. And those contents are thousands and thousands of tiny jigsaw pieces. All of them with little a little color, splash of color, some part of a design, all of them individually and uniquely shaped so that they look so similar, but they're all subtly different. Let's say 5,000 pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. And I invited you to begin the task of piecing the jigsaw pieces together to make the picture. What would you like to have to help you? (laughs) somebody else Joe says it would help wouldn't it if yeah did someone say the picture if you had the box to cover at least a picture of what all the pieces are designed to create when put together it would give huge assurance wouldn't it if you knew that all these myriad pieces did indeed fit together interrelate to make one glorious picture I submit that it's it's possible to do a jigsaw puzzle without the picture, but it's, oh, so much harder, isn't it? And there's always, I guess, lurking in the back of your mind, do all these pieces make that picture? What if this is a mixture of all sorts of puzzle pieces? How do I know what I'm kind of aiming for as I try and put these different bits together? Unless I've got a picture of the end result, the big picture, to which all these individual pieces fit and play a part. I submit that when you've got the big picture and then all the different puzzle pieces, it's what makes for the challenge and the joy of of puzzling. You'll undertake the challenge and slowly come to experience the joy once you have an idea of what it is you're looking to create. I suggest that that's what makes us as human beings ultimately significant and full of purpose it's when we have both an idea of the big picture and the part that we are called uniquely to play in it what are we doing and how is what we are doing and what we're called to do how does that fit in the greater schemes and the bigger picture and when we have the big picture on our calling, we derive significance and purpose. I want to suggest that that plays out in, in all of our lives, those of you who are parents. You have a picture of what you're hoping your children become, kind of responsible, mature, self-aware adults, able and willing to contribute to society. That's, that's the kind of picture that you have as you take your little two or three or five or eight or ten-year-old through the different experiences of life. You know your particular part at their particular age commensurate with the big picture of what you hope they become. Doctors, nurses, they perform operations. They carry out their tasks in a hospital with an image, a picture of a healthy body. And so a surgeon goes to work on a, on a limb with an image of what a perfect limb should look and work like. And so he works, he plays his part or her part towards that big picture. Politicians, they're full of promises and uh, exaltations, words to us that, that portray the picture of society according to, to their political beliefs and uh, leanings. And they're, 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 enticing. they're painting a picture. Imagine a health service like this, or education and schools like this. Imagine how we could get rid of our national debt, etc., etc. I invite you to join me and my party as we seek to create this political picture here and now. I, I, I know when I mentioned politicians as a degree of cynicism, I, uh, I came across a wonderful definition of the word manifesto. It's a Compound word uh, that is manifest from the Latin, to make happen. And oh, as in, oh, it didn't happen. (laughs) Our significance, our value derived from knowing the big picture and seeing our part in it. So I want to talk about God's big picture this morning and invite you to imagine it. As Paul prays, now to him who's able to do all that we ask or more than we ask and imagine. I'm inviting you this morning and on into this week to imagine the reality of God's big picture. Isn't it a little bit presumptuous to do that? I mean, um, actually, in the reading that we had here and and throughout Paul's letter and and indeed through the Bible, there's something of the mystery of God. God is in, in some way beyond our understanding. Can we really talk in terms of knowing God's plans and purposes, knowing the picture that he has for each of our lives? In one sense, I think I'd want to say yes. Utterly presumptuous, unless... He's chosen to reveal it to us. It's true to say, I think, that we can't fully know God and his plans and purposes for our lives unless he chooses so to reveal them. But look what Paul has said. Just across the page, chapter 1 and the the second half of verse 8 in this sort of great introduction that Paul lays out to his letter. With all wisdom and understanding, Paul writes, chapter 1, verse 8, And then on to verse 9, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. There, in a nutshell, is the big picture and the fact that we can know it. God's big picture is that he's bringing all things together. Just as a a doctor or a surgeon would want to bring all the different sort of uh, injured or damaged parts of a body together to wholeness. Just as all the the different experiences of of childhood are brought together into a mature adult as we parent. So God is wanting to bring, those are just subsets of all that God is wanting to do. To bring everything in heaven and on earth in one glorious, harmonious, joy-filled Peace filled whole under Christ. That's what he's doing. That's what God is at work doing. And that which was mysterious has now been revealed. He look, verse 9, he made known to us the mystery. But he's made it known in Christ. As we see Christ, we see what God is doing in our world, in our universe in bringing all these discordant, fragmented, and broken elements of creation together, healed and harmonious. And that which we couldn't initially understand or comprehend, he's made known. Not only just as as a kind of statement there in chapter 1, but look across at chapter 3, just before the bit where Joe began to read verse 3 of chapter 3. Again, Paul refers to the mystery, but made known to me by revelation. The Spirit has opened Paul's eyes to see what God is up to. And you see verse 5, this uh, uh, understanding and insight to the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. To that which wasn't totally clear now is made clear not just to Paul, but to the other apostles and prophets, and we stand in their tradition. So you see that verse 10, his intent, that's God's intent, was that now, through the church, that's us, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. What is God up to? What's the big picture? It's not just that God is wanting to make a nice little holy club, and that we sort of coexist here uh, as you know, alongside the sort of the, the um, bridge club just up the road, and alongside um, the um, the white horse just across here. It's just a white horse. That's nice. Lots of people and the bridge club, the thriving trade, and the church as well. All sort of. It's it's not just another club, or another kind of corporation. We're not ultimately undergirded by sort of social relations, although those are important. God is creating something through the church that makes a declaration not just to the world that we see, but to the heavenly realms, to the entire cosmos, to the whole of creation. I've done something in Jesus that has been accomplished already through his death and resurrection Smashing death, new life, eternal, everlasting life. And that life has begun and is spreading and growing. It's establishing his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And the church is to be the declaration of that work to earth and to heaven. It's a wonderful picture. It's an incredible image. imagine in fact let me read to you uh, a little picture of the end time this is uh, John in his image in Revelation chapter 7 I'm reading from the message version I looked again I saw a huge crowd too huge to count everyone was there All nations and tribes, all races and languages, and they were standing, dressed in white robes and waving palm branches, standing before the throne and the Lamb, and heartily singing, salvation to our God on his throne, salvation to the Lamb. And all who were standing around the throne, angels, elders, animals, they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, oh yes, the blessing and the glory and wisdom and thanksgiving. The honor and power and strength to our God forever and ever and ever. Oh yes, the lamb on the throne will shepherd them. Will lead them to spring waters of life. And God will wipe every last tear from their eyes. It's a glorious picture. Within the context of suffering then, as we know in different ways, suffering now. Imagine a world, a new heaven and a new earth where there's no more crying or mourning, no more death. There's no more frustration or bitterness or anger or rage that gnaws away at human relationships. Imagine where there is perfect truth. Imagine all relationships brimming with love and respect and care and concern. Imagine rest that is really restorative and and creative. Imagine work that is totally satisfying and productive and fruitful. Imagine never having to worry about where your keys are because you don't have to have any keys, because no one's stealing anything. Everyone is satisfied and full and complete. Imagine. Imagine how much money we'll save not having to pay out on insurances because everyone is satisfied and complete and whole and healed. Can you imagine a world like that? It's difficult, isn't it? I, I, I found this really hard in preparation because I spend so little time imagining and living in the big picture of God but that is what The Lord invites us to do. It's what Paul prays here. That our eyes would be open to the future picture of God. That we'd see the picture to which he's working. All the different jigsaw puzzles that he is amazingly piecing together to create this wonderful picture. A new heaven and a new earth. And everyone from every tribe and nation and tongue singing and rejoicing and loving living in that world. That's the picture. I don't know whether you're a puzzle addict or not, but do you find when you do the puzzle, to, to start off with, it's, it's a bit of a, oh my goodness, where do I start? I, well, when you, what do you do? You find the corner pieces, don't you? So the four corner pieces, you get there, and the straight edges. And so you try and make the frame, don't you? And if you're really sort of systematic and anal, you you get all the sort of blues together and all the greens together and the speckledy bits and the funny bits and the bits that don't quite fit. And you sort of sort them out. And bit by bit, you begin to build the picture. And have you ever recognized, do do, 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 do you sort of recognize that moment when the puzzle becomes addictive? Not Joe's obviously not a puzzle fan. But for those of us that might count ourselves in that category, you, you've got the picture here, and, and what you've got on the table is beginning to take shape. It's beginning to resemble the box, the picture. Have you, I know some people who think, I, I, you know, sort of 3 o'clock in the morning, I know I should go to bed, but I just do one last little bit. I think I can find a bit more. The addictive nature of creating the picture, that's God's call on our lives. He's basically saying to each and every one of us, can you see the big picture? I'd love you to become an addict to it. I'd love to give you these different bits and pieces, gifts and abilities and other people, situations and circumstances. They're the puzzle pieces of life and I'd love you to use them to make this picture. And God's desire is that we become addicted to that. I I can't go to bed until I've done this bit. The church is the sneak preview of the big picture. We practice puzzling here as we live out our relationships, as we learn more of God, as we practice worshipping him, as we sit under his word, as we, as we just enjoy one another's company. The weekend at home, the vision is just that we'll have fun, <laughs> We'll just have fun in, in all myriad, of every, every taste catered for. There's the football and the cricket and sporty stuff, but there's the, the orchestra and the music stuff and the choir stuff. That we, for those who want to hear a talk, there's some talks. There's a band, there's a quiz, there's a, just a big lunch together. Whatever it is, we just enjoy a little sneak preview of heaven on earth. That's the vision. And incidentally, please feel free to invite friends and neighbours. I, kind of, I hope it's quite easy to come in on this little foretaste of heaven the church is the sneak preview of what God is up to and that's why Paul prays very briefly I just mentioned these three things as Joe read them see verse 14 for this reason I kneel before the Father this is what we need as we live out this big picture Uh, just verse 16 I pray that out of his glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Your inner being. This isn't something that can be imposed from outside. This is something that you begin to see from the inside. Christianity is not outside in, it's inside out. God births something in us, his life in us. And his life grows in us and works its way out from inside. Paul's prayer is that we would be strengthened in our inner being by his spirit. It's not something that we can kind of make up. We'd, we'd never dream or manufacture the kind of world and the kind of big picture that God has dreamed up. Do you remember when Jesus said to Peter, when it, actually Jesus says, this is, this, on this I will plant my church. It's not from something that was revealed by flesh and blood, Peter. No, this was revealed by my Father in heaven. It, it's a spiritual awakening a spiritual awareness from the inside out. And he prays that we'd be strengthened. That's because it will be quite tough to live out this big picture vision in the world as it's currently comprised, as Paul says in another letter, which is in bondage to decay. There are just forces and powers that are militated against what God is doing the spiritual battle, if you like. And for us to stand strong and firm and courageous and to live out in our lives the the little puzzle piece of God's big picture will require, require guts and courage. To stand up to contemporaries and colleagues, to make a stand even with our bosses and those above us with questionable business practice and dodgy values. And we need to say with courage, there's a bigger and better, more fulfilling, more satisfying, more rich, more true way to live. I pray that he may strengthen you, first thing. And second, he prays, verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This big picture of God is made real to us through Christ, who lives in us. Paul's prayer is that Christ would continue to dwell in us so that the one who accomplished and revealed the big picture makes it even more real and even more accomplished in our lives. Christianity is not so much imitation as impartation, inhabitation, Christ in us, the hope of glory. I was saying to the eight o'clock service, do, do you remember, I don't think he's on the screens now, but um, the, pink pan- the cartoon version of the Pink Panther. It was his panther that was pink. And he was kind of a real cool dude. Do you remember? Is my singing that bad? You remember. Thank you so much. So he do, pink panther would do these cool things. I remember there's this one really cool thing he did. He just walked on. He just sort of slopes on. It's a really sort of cool panther. And um, the background is all pink. It's just this great big pink background. And he turns around and he just begins to fold it up. Folds the background in half and then in half again and then in half again, half again, half, half. And he gets it down to a tiny, he's just sort of taken the whole background, everything that is, and made it into a tiny little square. And then he eats it. And he just, like that. And he just stands there and you think, that's cool. And then suddenly, the thing that he's eaten begins to unfold inside him, and his stomach begins to contort as this sort of thing opens up, and the pink panther becomes this great big everything. (laughs) He just fills the screen. And in a bizarre sort of way, (laughs) go with me, go with me, that's what... That's what it is to live the Christian life and to play our part in God's big picture. It is, in a sense, to consume Christ, who graciously enters in as we ask him, Lord, come and fill me. I can't do this on my own. I am nothing without you. Come into my life. And we literally, we take Christ in by his spirit. And as we take him in, he, not quite as abruptly as the Pink Panther, but he unfolds and becomes big in us so that we become part of his schemes and purposes and plans. We find that we have a love for our neighbors and our colleagues that we couldn't possibly have engendered in our own strength. We have a patience and a joy. We have a steadfastness that we cannot imagine we could have had other than him in us. And we begin to see ourselves playing our part as tiny little jigsaw pieces coming together to form the big picture. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. Brothers and sisters, I invite you this week to imagine heaven on earth. I invite you this week to imagine your part. One little jigsaw piece joining with another and another and another. House groups and prayer groups and so on. So that we can begin to form the picture of God here on earth. Final thing, can there be anything more frustrating than putting the pieces together and getting near to completion and discovering there's a piece missing? A 5,000-piece jigsaw puzzle, and actually it's 4,999, and there's a piece missing. It's all laid out there. The picture's almost complete, and your eye is immediately and frustratingly drawn to the one missing piece. That is what it's like if you don't play your part. There's this incredible picture. There's this myriad color and it's just absolutely fantastic, wonderful. But there's a piece missing. And as you imagine heaven on earth, I invite you to imagine yourself in the picture, playing your part. Don't be the missing piece as we unfold and particularly next week as we begin to articulate what is God's big picture from our perspective here as the church, St. Dionysus. What are we doing? How are we playing our part? I invite you to imagine what your role might be. Amen? Amen.